Let's take our Bibles to Jude, please. I'm not sure if I've had such a, a time as last, let's see, it would have been two weeks ago, because last week we had a Christmas play. Two weeks ago, when we were talking about these fallen angels, if I've had such uh, comments and questions and, and things, uh, so many from any one message. And so thank you. I appreciate your interest. And of course, you're digging in the Word of God and all that. And it is uh, fun to uh, study your Bible and be in your Bible. And so if you remember, in the book of Jude, we're learning about apostasy, how the falling away from the truth. How, how uh, Christians and other people uh, through time, he gives us examples in here. The Jews did it. And the angels did it. Uh, he, others have done it. And how we can know the truth, we can follow the Lord, but over time we end up distancing or, or falling away or even turning away on purpose uh, from the truth. And, uh, and so in verse 3, he's telling us, that we ought to contend for the faith. We ought to stand up. We ought to fight for what we believe. And it uh, gives us some examples in verse 5 of the Jews that were saved out of Egypt, that later those that didn't believe in the wilderness, uh, uh, that uh, God uh, destroyed them. He, he waited for them to, to die off, some that were swallowed up by the earth. All right? Verse 6 talks about the angels which kept not their first estate, uh, and uh, he says he reserves them in chains of darkness. And that's where we left off last week. In verse 7, gives us Sodom and Gomorrah as another example here. And so I'm, I'm not ready to leave off of verse 6. I want to bring a couple more things to your attention uh, that uh, I'm just thinking about, praying about, and the Lord lead me a little bit on this. But verse 7 is also in context here. And we must understand context is important. We don't read a single verse by itself. We look at the context of what God is saying so we can understand the whole. And uh, if I, you know what I'm talking about. If I, if I told you that um, I haven't eaten, well, what's the context there? I haven't eaten all day. I haven't eaten all week. I haven't eaten since I've been your pastor. I'd be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Right? So what's the context? And we need to understand these things. Okay? I haven't eaten in the last 30 minutes. That's a little bit different. You wouldn't feel sorry for me. Okay? Um, and so there you go. There you go with that. Uh, now, back to these angels. It said, verse 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Last time I took you to Genesis chapter 6 and showed you how there were angels there. Well, I believe that to be the sons of God, that to be angels. In 2 Peter, we read that angels that sinned God reserved in chains of darkness. So these angels he's talking about, he didn't just reserve them just because they sinned a great sin. And he said, this must stop. And he reserved them in chains of darkness. Somebody help me now as we continue on this thought. Fallen angels, we oftentimes call them demons. There is real spiritual warfare in the world even today. Do we have evidence that they are free to reign and out and about in the world? Yes, we do. Can somebody think of a Bible example 
where demons had free reign and out and about. I heard a couple different examples. Yes, sir. Maniac of Gadara, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, Maniac of Gadara, as Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, went to the area of Gadara, and there met him a man that came out of the tombs. Remember, he wasn't dressed. He was not in his right mind. He was cutting himself. And the Bible says the demons called out to Christ and said, uh, what do you, or something along the lines of, of uh, what, what do you want with us, thou, Jesus, thou Son of God? And uh, he asked for their name, and it was legion, meaning there was a big multitude of demons within this man. Okay? So we do know that fallen angels or demons are present in the world, and not all of them are locked up. Not all of them are reserved in chains of darkness. Yet we read here and in 2 Peter that some are. So again, I go back to the question, a little bit of... uh, of understanding on my part justifying where I said the sons of God of Genesis chapter 6 are fallen angels what could they have done a small group of them or at least a group of them I can't say small I don't know but a group of them that have been locked up by God reserved for judgment what could they have done again I believe that was sexual sins that we saw that they created a great race of, of angel man beings that were great giants in Genesis chapter 6. And uh, I, can, I can look at Scripture in New Testament, comparing it with Old Testament to understand that. Now, what judgment are we talking about here? It says they're reserved for the judgment, doesn't it? So what judgment is that? Because there's more than one judgment, isn't there, is there not? So we think of, automatically, we think great white throne judgment, and then we think the judgment seat of Christ. But there is also one when Jesus comes back at the second coming, right? Sets down on the earth. The Bible says that's when he locks up Satan for a thousand years. And he throws the Antichrist and the false prophet uh, into the lake of fire. Okay, that's some sort of judgment. God takes care of things right there. Okay, the false prophet and the the, uh, Antichrist will never be heard from again. They'll be in the lake of fire. So is that the great judgment? Possible. I always tend to think of the great white throne judgment when he says the judgment here, the great judgment. It, it, it doesn't tell us exactly, okay? But what I do know is that demons do fear the judgment. Go, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 8, and I believe I wrote down Matthew 8, verse, let's see here, verse 28. Matthew 8. 28, and I believe this is the Maniac of Gadara, one of the places the Gospels talk about him. Yes, it is. Matthew 8, 28. But this Matthew here records that there were two people that came out of the tomb. The others do not record that, but he does. It says here in verse 28 of chapter 8, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? See that? They're expecting judgment from Jesus Christ. 
And so the demons are expecting him to take care of And they know that this, month, this isn't the right time. God had a certain time laid out for that. And uh, they know this is not the... Help, let, let us not forget, sometimes, sometimes we can easily pass off evil spirits and, and, and demonic things as not being intelligent. Uh, the Bible talks about angels, whether they're fallen or not, being greater than we are. Okay? Uh, the Bible clearly says that in the book of Hebrews, the beginning of Hebrews. And the Bible says that they, they believe and they tremble. They know that God is in charge, that he's on his throne. They know what he's capable of. They know he will do what he says he will do, and they tremble. I don't have that reference in mind at the moment to give you. The Bible says they tremble about it. And so here are at least, uh, at least some that are saying, torment, uh, are you coming to torment us before the time, before the judgment? So they do fear the judgment. I also found, and I referenced this last week just briefly, but in, in Revelation, it talks about angels that are locked up under the river of Euphrates. River Euphrates. And it says they're reserved there. I believe it talked about four of them, but I might be mistaken because I didn't, I didn't look at that today. Um, however, during the tribulation time, one of the judgments of the tribulation, those angels will be loosed. And they will be loosed to kill men on the earth. And so uh, perhaps it's talking about the judgment before. Maybe it's talking about when Jesus comes back at the second coming. But it could also be talking about um, the great white throne judgment. Could be either one. I know during the millennial kingdom, Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign here on the earth physically. And things will be repaired for a time. And sin there will be sin on the earth, but it will not abound like it will during this time and during the tribulation time. The uh, Bible talks about how the lamb and, the, and all that laid at lamb and the lion lay down together and all that. I believe that's what it's speaking of. And, uh, and so the devil is bound during that time, and I wonder if his demons have already been taken care of. I, tend, I wonder, as we think about that, if the false prophet and the Antichrist are taken care of, before the millennial kingdom goes into effect, will the rest of the fallen angels be as well? Will it only be Lucifer that goes around to deceive the four corners of the earth at the end of the millennial kingdom? I do not have those answers for you. It's just something to consider and chew on tonight as we, as we consider these things. Now, as we move on to verse 7, notice the first few words here. It says, even as... Even as. Now, as we get into verse 7, even as means there's 7 is talking a little bit about 6. They're relating here. There's, there's a, there's a, the, the context is important, even as. So as it speaks about fallen angels and how they're reserved for, for the judgment, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. If someone were to disagree with the fact that the fallen angels, 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 <laughs> angels, uh, did, if they disagreed with the fact that the fallen angels weren't in Genesis six, were not the ones laying with the, the daughters of men, 
if they did not have that sexual sin and all that that they had going on there, then why, I ask, is verse 7 saying, even as in like manner? Because we know why God uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that there was great wickedness with sexual sins there. We realize that. We know that. Also, something to think about. If God said, this cannot continue, and he destroyed the earth with a flood. And then he said, this will not continue, and he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. Imagine how gross and awful it really was. We can't even, I don't think we can imagine that. We, we do live in a wicked world. The Bible says that it, waxes, it will wax worse and worse. We do know in, is it 2 Timothy chapter 3, when he gives us uh, how, the, how the last days will be and all that, we already see some of that and a lot of that. However, God hasn't destroyed this world yet. And he's not come back yet. He does say that the last days will be like the days of Noah, but it's hard to comprehend really what the world was like in those two different instances. That God took, um, took control of and, and destroyed those two time periods, those two places, well, all the earth with a flood and Sodom and Gomorrah with fire on purpose because there was great wickedness there that he would not allow to continue. And so, uh, as we go back to verse 7, Sodom and Gomorrah oftentimes uh, can also be referred to as the cities of the plain, okay? Remember when Lot, remember when Lot put his tent towards Sodom? The well-watered plains of the Jordan, okay? It's, there's uh, Brother Gwen, you, you know everybody has their, their opinion of where Sodom and Gomorrah would be. Right? Some people think it'd be around the north side of the, of the Dead Sea. And some people think it'd be further up the Jordan a little bit. And some people think it'd be down on the, on the bottom right side of the, of the Dead Sea and, and this and that. What we do know is that it was close to the Dead Sea because uh, in Genesis, talks about the, the talks about salt, talks about the cities of the plain. And uh, I believe, Brother Gwen, this is just my theory. This is not Bible. But I believe, when I've been over there and I've seen that volcano to the north, and I see a lot of that black rock as you come down the Jordan Valley, I believe those angels opened up a volcano and destroyed that city by, by the volcano. But that's just a theory, and that's just me. I don't know if that helps you or not, or if you're going to tell me otherwise. But that's just something that I've thought about, uh, because fire and brimstone certainly comes out of a volcano, and there's a volcano to the north. And so, just a little th- side note for that. Notice it says here, even if Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, more than two cities here, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. What's fornication? It's sexual sin, right? And going after strange flesh. That's an interesting statement right there, strange flesh, okay? Strange, when oftentimes the Bible uses the word stranger, something out of foreigner, Okay, somebody of a different nation, strange flesh, something that is foreign to you, something not natural. With me? Okay, so we, it could be talking about men with men and women and women. It could also be talking about, uh, as the Bible clearly says in the beginning of Genesis and creation, that this animal, this cattle would, would be after their own kind. 
and man would, would, would uh, reproduce and be after his own kind. It could be even talking about human and, and animal uh, things going on here. We don't know exactly, but it does say strange flesh. That means it was not appropriate. That means it was wickedness. That means God said, no, this won't continue. Okay? And, uh, and then he says, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Eternal fire. Let us be reminded that hell and the judgment of God is forever. Let me be cautious just for a moment. Let me back up from that. Holy Spirit, remind me of that. When I say hell is forever, we understand hell is cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is forever. Hell is a temporary place for a time that will be cast into the lake of fire. The Bible says that in Revelation chapter 20. And so uh, we use those terms interchangeably from time to time. I just did, and I apologize for that. Verse 8, likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. We're almost out of time. Let's see if we can finish this now. Likewise, again, another word that is tying verse 8 back to the previous ones. We've seen our three examples here, and now he's going back to talk about these filthy dreamers. Okay, the filthy dreamers would be those same, verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the apostasy, the falling away, uh, these filthy dreamers. When we consider what's going on in verse 6 and 7, certainly we can understand what filthy means. Okay? And dreamers. Somebody who's longing for that, who is trying to get something that is not always been, that's not traditional, or something that is unnatural, and they're going after and they're working an agenda. Can we honestly say the world is working an agenda? Crazy. Don't let a, a Bible in a school that they'll let some man dressed like a woman read books to a child in a library. Sickness, this world is turned upside down. We, mankind, absent of God, is so far beyond comprehension. It's, it's disgusting. Filthy dreamers, and they defile the flesh. Okay, I don't think we need to elaborate on that. They defile the flesh. Despise dominion and speak e- evil of dignities. I think as a whole we can say they they speak out and they and they they disregard authority okay we understand that they're rebellious they disregard authority but it uses the words here dominion and dignities dominion could mean a lot of things here is it possible that they despise the dominion maybe the dominion where they were put didn't the angels leave their first estate leave their natural, how God created them, and took on the form of, of a man to do something else? As, as, it, uh, as Romans chapter 1 talks about, as many different places in Scripture, how the men left the natural use of the woman and burned in their lust one toward another, right? So we can understand where they, it could be referencing that as well, despise dominion. But I believe there's a lot to be said about rebellion and despising authority. 
It's, it is amazing the courage that some people have these days to speak out against authority. Authority is, is God-given. It's God-given in this church, it's God-given in the home, and it's God-given out in this country. God's in charge of all this stuff. We have what we have because of what we've done about things as a country. It's our fault. If we complain about things, it's our fault. And first of all, don't listen to anybody complaining unless they've been out to vote. Amen? Why? Because we sit on our, uh, on our hands and we don't do anything. Right? And then we complain about everything. Well, let's, let's... Anyways, that's for another message. Praise God. Moving on. Holy Spirit shutting that down real quick. All right. Despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Where did this boldness come from? This outright... Um, just... I'm, we're talking about children and young people. They, they don't even know how to do their own laundry and the things that they'll say to an adult. Wow. And you don't want to be cruel, but you do want to smack somebody upside the head. Man, alive. Or back, anyways, moving on. I know God gave a place. Praise God. But every once in a while, I needed a slap on the back of the head when I was a kid. Amen. Moving on. Verse 9. You with me tonight? Okay, verse 9. I'll just read this verse, have you chew on it a little bit, and we'll come back to it next week. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation but said, the Lord rebuked thee. Question I have for you, what, the devil, what did the devil want with Moses' body? And isn't it interesting that he knew where it was? Nobody else knows where it's at. Who buried Moses? God buried him. He met with God up on Mount Pisgah, remember that? Mount, uh, the, was it Nebo or Pisgah was the peak? I don't know, one of the two. But he met with God and God showed him all the land that he couldn't go into. And then he died. And the Bible says in the end of Deuteronomy that God buried him. And yet the devil wanted his body and Michael had to go defend it. Interesting. So, something for you to chew on a little bit. Think about as we, uh, uh, as we come back next time. Amen.